and our hearts are sincerely grateful for the open door and the opportunity of the Daily Bright Spot Hour. We appreciate the goodness of the Lord and the grace of God in allowing us to come to this radio period day by day. And I appreciate those of you, our friends, that have labored with us to enable the door of the Bright Spot Hour to remain open. I'm your radio preacher, Ben Carper, Mrs. Garrett with us in, at the Bright Spot Hour, Hammond, Oregon, in the studio today. To begin the program, we're going to enjoy a wonderful song entitled, Let There Be Peace on Earth. That was a wonderful song, and I think that we ought to ask Mrs. Garrett to play another stanza and chorus of that. I think that that would be appropriate today. Go ahead, Ms. Garrett. In the book of Isaiah, chapter number 9, we read, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with ju judgment and with justice. And we're looking forward to that great day when there will be peace 
on earth. This brings us to prayer time. Let's pray together. Our Father, we pray today in a special way for the peace of Jerusalem. We pray for our friends, the nation of Israel. Lord, we understand that they are in darkness and in blindness. But Lord, there's coming a day when the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, will return in the revelation. He'll defeat the armies of Antichrist and establish his great kingdom on earth. What a wonderful day that's going to be. And in that day, there will be peace. Now, Lord, I pray that you would help we that are alive today in the dispensation of the church to be faithful to thee. May we invite men and women to the cross of Calvary. May we show individuals their need of salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to always be faithful here at the Bright Spot Hour, to know nothing among men save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I pray that you'd give us souls for our labor and revival for our joy. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I'm certain that you enjoyed the beautiful Hammond organ today on the Bright Spot Hour, and that was a wonderful song. And then I also appreciate those of you that spent prayer time with us. And now at the piano, Mrs. Garrett is going to play a newer gospel song I think will prove a blessing to you. And the title of it, All Hail King Jesus.
again, thank you so much to the late Mrs. Garrett, the wonderful music on the Bright Spot Hour. Your Bibles are open to 1 Corinthians 1 and verse number 2. Under the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. By the grace of God and your listenership, I'd like to begin today dealing with the matter of sanctification, both positional and practical. I've been dealing with the matter of sanctification on the Bright Spot Hour. Today I'd like to deal with both positional and practical sanctification. Be sure not to change your radio dial. Today is the first broadcast day of a brand new month of broadcasting, the month of March, March the 1st, the year 2024. I appreciate each and every one of you that stood faithfully at my side during the month of February. I appreciate the offerings and the support that you sent. The bills now for the February broadcast begin arriving. In fact, some of the bills are emailed and they arrive on the first day of the month. And I'll be busy over the next several days paying these bills. And the only way I can do that is to have the faithful and consistent support of my friends across the Bright Spot Hour to enable us to do that. During the month of March, I make available my late grandfather's sermon 52, The Battle of Armageddon. The Battle of Armageddon, sermon number 52. Allow me the honor of putting this good message into your home. I'm positive that it can be a benefit and a blessing to you in your study of the inerrant and the infallible Word of God. It will come to you on a compact disc. They are $10. I also make available my grandfather's sermon, the most famous sermon he ever preached, Can God. The message was brought in May of 1973. I was there in the service. The Sunday night, my grandfather brought the message, Can God, can God furnish a table in the wilderness? This will come to you on a compact disc, and they are $10. I make available my grandfather's commentary on First and Second Corinthians, a beautiful 303-page book reproduced exactly as my grandfather wrote it and produced it during his lifetime. 303 pages, he deals with both First and Second Corinthians. You may have yours for a gift in support of the Bright Spot Hour of $20. Our mailing address, the Bright Spot Hour, post office box number four, Greenville, South Carolina, 29602. Our email, drbencarper at yahoo.com. Let me encourage you to find us on social media at YouTube, Rumble, Getter, Twitter, or now X, Odyssey, and Facebook. Now your Bibles are open with me, please. 1 Corinthians 1 and verse number 2. Under the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs 
and ours. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I've been dealing with the matter of sanctification on the Bright Spot Hour over the last several days, and we were dealing with the meaning of sanctification on the program yesterday. I'd like to move a step further today and deal with the period of sanctification. Now, there are two aspects in the matter of sanctification that theologians generally deal with. There is positional sanctification, and then there is practical sanctification. Of course, in the larger scope of Bible doctrine and theology, as we have been dealing on the right spot hour in recent days, we have these great theological terms, righteousness, redemption, justification, sanctification, and so on. Well, now we've been dealing with justification. We have dealt with the matter of righteousness. We have dealt with the matter of sin. We have dealt with the matter of repentance. And now dealing with the matter of sanctification. Now, there are two stages in the matter of sanctification. Uh, one theologian said that sanctification may be viewed in a trinity of past, present, and future. Much of God's dealings, in fact, uh, the, the late Dr. Warren Perkins was uh, my Bible teacher 40 years ago when I was in school. Doctor, uh, uh, He had a tremendous uh, influence on me, and I appreciate his memory, and I have very fond thoughts about Brother Perkins' class and sitting in that class and then conversation that Brother Perkins and I enjoyed one with the other. And he could find more trinities in the Bible than any man I have ever known. He could find a trinity uh, all over the Bible. And he instilled in me that God operates in the realm of trinities. When, when God generally does one thing, God will generally do three things. And so it is in the matter of sanctification that uh, one theologian that I read after found a trinity. He found sanctification as the past, the present, and the future. Then he explained that as finding sanctification as instantaneous sanctification, progressive sanctification, and complete sanctification. Three areas or aspects of the matter of sanctification, instantaneous, progressive, and complete. Now, in this initial stage of sanctification, or what the theologian would call the past, or the initial stage of sanctification, this happens at the moment of conversion. The very instant a man or woman is saved by the divine grace of God, that moment they are sanctified under the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are, past tense, that are already, that are sanctified in Christ Jesus. And then he goes on and he says, called to be saints. Now you notice in the King James text that the, the uh, to be verb there is in italics, called to be saints. My grandfather used to say, whenever you read in the King James and you find 
the italicized words. Sometimes you can read the passage without the italicized words. And reading it without the italicized words called saints. I have no argument with the italicized words. In fact, I think that the italicized words in the King James text are there in the will of God. That a part of the will of God is the usage there of italic. But sometimes you can read the text without the italicized words. And the Apostle Paul says, called saints. Called saints. The the Greek word translated there, saints, is the Greek word agion, which is the same Greek word translated in the King James Bible as holy. The word agion is translated sometimes as saints, and other times agion is translated as holy. So here the believers are called holy or called saints. Now, this stage of sanctification is instantaneous. The very moment a lost sinner is saved by the grace of God, that instant the lost sinner is declared holy. He is declared a saint. The moment he is justified by the grace of God, he enjoys positional sanctification. Now, I mentioned to you a moment ago that we have uh, uh, sanctification. There is positional sanctification that every born-again child of God has in Christ. The moment the lost sinner is placed in Christ by the new birth, that instant they are positionally sanctified. They are holy in the finished work of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that moment. Now, there should be, as the believer grows in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, there should be the area of practical sanctification. And I'll, I'll touch on that and deal with that probably on the broadcast on coming Monday. I do run into, on occasion, believers, and what I'm about to tell you is not anything uh, that you haven't experienced as well. Sometimes I run into born-again believers or people that profess to be saved, and they say, oh, yes, I'm saved, I'm saved, I'm saved, yes, I'm saved. But when I look at their life, there is no uh, Christian growth, there is no development, there is no maturity, there is no practical advancement in the area of sanctification. Now, I'm not going to say because I do not see an area of practical sanctification that there is no positional sanctification. I'm not going to say that. I am going to say because there is no area of practical sanctification, there is no area of practical sanctification. I mean, I can observe that. And it might be, now listen to my words, I don't have access to the last book of life. I cannot look into the last book of life. But it might be that I do know there is no growth in the grace of God. There is no spiritual development. There is no spiritual maturity. There is no overcoming area of the work of the Lord Jesus Christ in their life. And it might be, now mark my words again, I don't know this and you don't either, but it might be that what I'm observing is someone that has never been saved. They have made a profession of faith, but there is no 
growth in the grace of God. The area of positional sanctification is exactly at the moment of the lost sinner's acceptance of Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord. The moment the lost sinner believes the gospel and receives Jesus Christ by faith, that instant they have positional sanctification in their lives. There is justification, there is regeneration, and in the instant there is justification and regeneration, there is positional sanctification. Now, the balance of their lives should be fulfilled in the words of Peter the Apostle, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Now, I'll be entirely honest with you, and I understand my time is getting away. I cannot overemphasize the importance of our gathering into the Lord's house. I cannot overemphasize the importance of our uh, church services on Sunday morning and, yes, on Sunday night and on Wednesday night. We are living in an age where some churches only gather together once every seven days at 10 o'clock on Sunday morning. I mean, that's it. I mean, that's it for the rest of the week. I promise those individuals that go to that church are not at home reading the Bible, and I doubt very seriously if many of them are maintaining private devotions and private uh, 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 quiet time with the Lord. If they did, there would be a hunger and a thirst for them to gather into the Lord's house on Sunday night and Wednesday night to hear the preaching of the Word of God. Now, I recognize that what I'm saying right now uh, may, may not be uh, suitable and palatable to everyone listening to me at this moment. But one of the reasons that we gather ourselves into the Lord's house and we have our services in the Lord's house is to promote this area of practical sanctification. I need the fellowship of the saints, and I hope the saints need my fellowship. I need the fellowship of my pastor, and I hope my pastor needs my fellowship. And I need the fellowship of the people around me, and I hope they need my fellowship. And I want my grandchildren to be in church. I want my grandchildren to develop the good habit of going to church. I want my children to maintain the good habit of going to church. I was on the phone with the pastor yesterday, and he said, since COVID, about half of my congregation has not come back to church. They got out of the habit of going to church on Sunday night. And he said, on Sunday morning, we have very good crowds. On Sunday night, we have 15 people. Sunday morning, we'll have nearly 100. Sunday night, 15 people. And uh, he, he said, what should I do? And I said, I'd keep having Sunday night if I only have 15 people there. The, the area of positional sanctification that the believer receives whenever they are justified, when they are regenerated by the saving grace of God, should develop in an area of practical sanctification. And the positional sanctification, as the saint grows in the grace of God, will develop into a, a yearning desire for this area of practical sanctification. I don't want to live like I used to live. I don't want to go to the places that I used to go. I don't want to be like I used to be. I want to be more and more 
like what I read in the Scriptures and like the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, my time has gotten away from me tomorrow, my grandfather, by way of recording. And then I'll be back on Monday, and we'll continue dealing with the matter of sanctification. This broadcast of the Bright Spot Hour has been transcribed and conducted by Dr. Ben Carper. You may write the Bright Spot Hour at Post Office Box 4, Greenville, South Carolina, 29602. This is Mark Ferguson saying be by your radio tomorrow for the Bright Spot Hour with Dr. Ben Carper. Same time, same station, same gospel. Oh,